<laughs> hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Ge- oh, sorry. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Going <laughs> <laughs> down. Coughing and dying podcast oh brought to God. you by Tom Strange. Yeah, the coughing <laughs> is almost like some horrific keening off in the background. <laughs> almost like a banshee's wail, but we'll get into that in a minute. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Logbox, guys. With me as always is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. LT, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay and I'm drinking some Grainstone PX 14 year double mature maturation scotch because it's once again in stock at Total Wine. Nice, so I bought nice. myself another bottle. Double maturation. It's a good week, guys. Yeah, I was just thinking that double maturation has got to be 28, right? It's got to be 28. It's, and you should only drink scotch that you can legally sleep with. So that 28-year-old scotch is, is is fine. It's in my wheelhouse. Mikey, how you doing or what are you drinking? I am doing fine. I am drinking a root beer today. Oh. oh. Yeah. Crazy like that. I'm drinking just Diet Soda, uh, Diet Coke myself today because I do have a cold coming out, as you can probably hear in my voice. I know. Oh. It's terrible. I feel like. LT and I have to drink twice as much. Well, he's doing the double tonight. maturation, so he's already got It is the double maturation. Yeah. He's already on the list. <clears throat> what are you drinking over there, Josh? Uh, I'm drinking a Tucker Dunkel Hefeweizen from good old Germany. Good old Germany. That's it's a, a nice, classic, dark wheat beer. It's nice. All right. What, what kind of tones does it have? Dunkles uh, kind of have that like uh, like banana and brown sugar kind of feel to them. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I just wanted to say tones. Speaking of tones, today we're going to be talking about Banshee. <laughs> that's that's hurtful for poor Josh. How dare you? <laughs> that's right, Banshee. Did he the freeze un- on that? Josh nah, freeze. Fuck I, just, I did a good job though, right? I was fucking nailing it. Nailing it. Nailed it. Nailing it. Nailed it. <laughs> Speaking so, of Toad, sorry. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Sean Cassidy, not his daughter. Uh, we are going through the X-Men, and now we are up to the new X-Men uh, after the original group well, uh, that captured. He, he dates back before Giant Size X-Men, right? Yeah. He uh, first good. appeared in uh, X-Men number 28. Back in 1967, created by Roy Thomas and Werner Roth, uh, an issue which I own. Screw you, LT. <laughs> You're just going to bring up issues I don't own later on, so I'm That's just right. getting it out Good there call, now. Mike. Yeah, fight that fight. <laughs> There's Get not a lot on this run that you don't own, Throwing hands. Uh, so he was originally a member of uh, the Something 3. Uh, with the changeling. LT, you want to correct me? Come on, yeah, I know you yeah, want to. Yeah, get in there. So it was uh, Factor 3 Terrible. that, that Factor was controlling him. Right. So he they wanted him to be a bad guy. He didn't want to be a bad guy. This, this poor schlep gets kidnapped and killed more than more. anyone else in the X-Men. Except for the cast of, uh, what's that? police tv show the in la rookie? The, rookie, the rookie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get kidnapped a lot a lot I, he this dude has been kidnapped so much i starting to think nathan fillion should play him 
Yeah, there's your rookie joke. If you were playing along at home, go ahead and drink right now. <laughs> I am not allowed, by the way, just everyone knows, there are two shows, the two R shows, I am not allowed to make fun of in front of my wife. The Rookie and The Resident, we're on, we're on sacred ground on those two with my wife. She doesn't listen to this, though. It's okay. Let's go passion. Well, Mike, I mean, you have friends who are in law enforcement. They get kidnapped at least a couple times a year. Everyone. Uh, at least once a week. Yeah. Right. That's or, what they tell their wives anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in a high speed. You've been like a high speed car shape like every couple of days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And yeah. at least once a week, you have to shoot your entire clip of ammunition into the air and yell. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, frustration. Right. Yeah. yeah. What do you want me to do? Hit my wife? I do that too, but I mean. I mean, if you want me to, I will. She knows what she did. Anyways. Uh, anyways, back to Banshee. Uh, Banshee has enhanced hearing, which seems like a problematic for a person oh, with, very horrible. with a sonic scream. Uh, he can fly yeah. and is immune to the powers of Tom, Black Tom Cassidy. Super like, specific, but very useful because they fight all the time. But, and I want to make sure, but not not uh, immune to the charms of Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah. Who is? Right? He so is. That's, Who is? <laughs> that's a smooth guy, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think, by the way, I think his enhanced hearing is, it does allow, it, he does have like, as I remember from some X-Men comic guys where he has like a flap that can... Like closes ears. Well, he has a psychic shield that prevents his own powers from affecting himself, and other and preventing other sonic attacks from affecting him. Is that? It? I thought he had like a little flapping flap. So he's got his own yeah. sort of like sonic force field going on, and it can extend to another person because he that's can. how he's able to carry somebody while he's while flying. He screams into their face while flying. Yeah. I would like it if that didn't actually work. If the other person yeah. just was deaf for just life into every a time. Mush by the time he gets there. Yeah. Brutal, but I tried or, to save him. I tried. Gwen Stacy would have made the Gwen yeah. Stacy thing way more tragic. Wow. Yeah. Tried to save him, but now they're just tenderized. Yeah. So anybody who's seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People know that the Banshee is a <laughs> Irish. No one's um, seen this movie, you idiot. <laughs> We but anyone who has, he didn't watch. say everyone. He just said, those said anyone would know. Yeah, they know. Some people are Sean Connery files. <laughs> they like a young, brooding Sean Connery singing along. To... Doesn't. Yeah. 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 Two more seconds of that talk, my hands gonna be in my pants. <laughs> Sean Connery, Jesus. So, Banshee is named after them because he's Irish and he screams. It's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much a female it. character, so. That's Can't. true, but Stan Lee did not want the X-Men to beat up a female character. Yeah, so traditionally, Banshees, yeah, are, are female spirits. Um, the word Banshee really means, like, fairy mound or, or female spirit and cairn. So, and they typically keen or wail to uh, signify the the deaths of those we've loved who've passed. So yeah, makes sense. 
Yeah, so he was a New York cop before becoming a superhero. He's at least a decade older than all of the other contemporary X-Men. Which I really enjoy. Um, he has had some really shitty luck. Like we said, his first appearance, he, they strap a bomb to his head. Yeah. <laughs> right? And if he doesn't do what they say, they're going to blow it up. And then uh, later, which, didn't I see a documentary recently about that? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, then later on, he gets recruited to help the rescue the original X-Men. That's where he first appears in the giant size X-Men number one and becomes an official member of the X-Men. From there, he's, he's on the team for about 30 or, 30 or 40 issues until yeah. he suffers a injury to his throat and loses his superpower. And his consolation prize is to go back to Maura McTaggart and start plugging her holes. <laughs> Here's the thing about Banshee that I, one of the things I like about Banshee is they do not use the I am a mutant and I heal faster than normal people excuse with him at all. He gets like a throat injury. He gets his jaw broken. Like he gets a lung punctured. Like every time he's like, I don't, I don't have my fucking powers. Like it's going to be like six months. Like what? I don't know what you people are doing. Yeah. He's out of commission all the time. He, he needs time to heal from he his injuries. Heal. And it's great because he just heals like a normal. You're like, oh, yeah, I got punched in the throat so hard by a fucking giant superpower dude. I'm not coming back to work. I don't know what you people are talking about. I got fucking like, yeah, I need health insurance. I got like six months. Like, yeah, I flew into a turkey, down. man. I'm not doing shit this week. Yeah. You know what I liked about Banshee? He used to smoke like a chimney. He would smoke all the time. And I'm like, that is a dude whose powers are solely based on his throat. And they're all oral. And he is smoking like a chimney. And he does not have a healing factor like like Wolverine. Yet he's taking all the same smoking breaks. Yeah, it's true. He was one of the few uh, that I remember smoking a lot. A lot. Uh all right, um, let's okay. let's I give the over under. Just wants a few words that I remember smoking a lot. Check it out. <laughs> Alexa, what the fuck are you doing over there? <laughs> Alexa just tried to help out the podcast. Oh, no, my Alexa's yelling now. Say, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, shut the fuck up. The singularity has arrived, fellas. Oh shit. Let's right. face it. it. Siri so and Alexa are going to do a podcast. Much, yeah, they're going to do a much better podcast job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, GT Chatbot will do this way better than us. All right. So how many times has Banshee died? Let's hear a number. Price is right rules. Tom, we'll start with you. Me? I'm going to go with um, four. Five. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was my guess. Well, Josh just went with five. LT, what do you got? I'm going to go with three. I feel like and the closest, well, without going over, is Joshua Opper. Oh, son of a bitch. Was it six? Actual number? Was six. it seven? Yeah. Uh, you know, I knew uh, I was thinking yeah, about six. Three was too low. I knew three was too low, but it was play Price is Right rules. If what, you guys had overdone it. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was Price is Right rules. It's always Price is Right rules. 
The Price is Right rules are default to all rules. Yeah. Plus, otherwise specified. Yeah. Yeah. If you climb the Alps and you fall off the edge, you fucking lost. My favorite, my favorite Banshee death was in Deadly Genesis when he, like, jumped out a passenger plane to destroy the Lockheed, the the Blackbird, uh, because it was coming after the passenger plane. (laughs) And he died in the process. That was my favorite Banshee death. He's like, oh, that, that the X-Men plane, it's coming right at us. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, what I really liked about Banshee, especially in the early days of the X-Men, is that he's the old soldier of the group, right? Um, we when we first get introduced to Wolverine, we don't we don't really know about his slowed aging and a lot of his background. And he's sort of introduced as a newish character, right? And they don't really explore that aspect to him for a lot, for a very deep part, right, into the X-Men. But Banshee, we know straight out of the gate, is the elder statesman. He has skills that predate his mutant abilities, uh, mostly because he kept them, he kept his mutant abilities hidden for so long. So, you know, he was an agent. He's, he's a good shot. He had to, you know, train in martial arts. He had to do a lot of other things to make himself an effective person in a world with other people who had superpowers or trying to conceal his own. And so when he comes to the X-Men, it's kind of nice to show that we're all not just like these, there's these new guys with infinite skill sets. So Banshee shows up and he's, he's the trainer and you can kind of see with that, they sort of place him as a leadership or a, a, the elder statesman figure. And a lot of the, a lot of the books he ends up going to. And I think that's, I mean, obviously the reason why they injure him all the time, so that he can take over and the other capacity in which he is still an interesting character without his superpowers or still an effective person without his superpowers, especially because everyone loves banging modern Mark tech. Well, I mean, history has shown that. <laughs> just I saying. mean, as a teenager, that was my preference. I was a Kitty Pride guy, but that's my own thing. Hey. Uh, I would have to jump I couldn't have done for you, giving you superpowers. If I'd slept with Marmark Tagger, you know what? She's gonna bang me out some superpowers, literally. But by, by that argument, I should sleep with Sauron, because I would love to be a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna make an argument. Yeah. yeah. You win that yeah. argument. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue. win that okay. argument every yeah. time. Yeah. I'm gonna jump out because I gotta pick up my wife, guys. Uh, keep it going. And uh, I, I don't really have like a super favorite Banshee one to talk about. I've always enjoyed the character. He's always been kind of in the background for me because he's always injured. But like Josh, I do like the fact that he can get injured, and he's gotten injured in some very unique ways. So um, it kind of shows that you know, super being a superhero has its problem. It's problematic, especially if you don't heal on the fly, like most superheroes. Yeah. Although I do think it might be, it's kind of cool, right? Because the Banshee is the harbinger of, uh, or the morning spirit for. Uh, dead people and he keeps on dying he does he he does scream out his namesakes uh uh keen uh so often that you wonder if that's why they they picked it rather than some other acronym or or nom de guerre it's uh yeah he's always been one of those and 
he's always sat just outside of the limelight a lot. They never, they never, I think they never fully give Banshee over to a, um, to a book or a storyline, but he's always had a, a, a good interaction with a lot of stuff that was going on. And honestly, I didn't read a lot of the early, the, you know, the, the books in the, the twenties and 30 issues, but a lot of the stuff post uh, giant size annual number one, where you get, we get into X factor, new mutants and more McTaggart sort of taking over part of the teams on uh, whatever that Island is. Not Krakoa. Your. Yeah. Muir Island uh, is uh, always good. Like, yeah, he was always a good character and I, I, always like the interaction sort of the 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 tenuous links between black tom juggernaut and banshee and how's that sort of uh this little incestuous supervillain cadre between all of them that sort of bumps into this the uh the x-men over time yeah and he's not afraid to go it alone i mean he went it alone in x-men men 40 i mean he went after factor three all by himself it was factor two right, they didn't have him right uh, I believe he did. Right. I mean, you've got that issue, right, Mike? I do have that issue. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's a good call. Good call. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. All right. Does anybody have anything last uh, thoughts on Sean Cassidy, a.k.a. the Banshee? Uh, so I can't remember. There's a disparity that I'm not sure about. In the movie, his costume allows him to fly. Is that canon in the book? I couldn't remember. No. Good, no. because it's terrible. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'll go on. That's it. That was my only thing. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, LT, what do you got at the back of the long box? I have 100 Bullets by Ooh. Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso. That is a That's really good series. I was going to say, it's an Eisner Award-winning comic. Uh, the whole basis of the, the story is somebody has been terribly wronged, and a stranger comes up to them and hands them a briefcase with a gun in it with 100 bullets and evidence of who wronged them, regardless of what they thought, gives them proof of who wronged them and gives them the choice. They've given them an untraceable gun, tells them, you can do what you want with this information and nothing will happen to you if you decide to enact vengeance and then walks away. And uh, it's just a, a really great premise. They kind of go into the whole psychological uh, workup of, you know, what people in this situation go through. Are they, are they going to go and, and kill the person that has, you know, either killed off their family member or framed them or done whatever. And it's just a, it's a really, really interesting take on storyline. Sounds really interesting. I now is the person they give the untraceable gun and the ammunition to, do they have any training or are they just like Joe nope. Schmo on the street? Just Joe Schmo on the street. And huh. it's a different person. It's a different person uh, every every storyline. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. So and like uh, one of one of the issue one of the people is issue one story. 
uh, well, could be, uh, or some are two or three issues. Okay. Yeah. So, like for example, one of them uh, is a, a guy who has been washed up. He's working in a bar, a dive bar. He was a really respected person. He was a principal at a school, and they found child pornography on his hard drive. And he's like, "It's not mine. I didn't do this." He had, no, you know, no idea how it got there. It wasn't his. He had never looked at it. Never, never knew anything about it. Guy comes in with a briefcase and is like, "You're absolutely right. Wasn't yours. Here's all the proof. Here's all the stuff. Here's a, here's a gun." And ended up being, you know, a prank that this ultra rich person had done. They'd gotten drunk with their friends and they had hacked into something, found this pornography, and sent it randomly to 69 guys that were had been online at that moment as a prank i mean i guess the problem for me from i a, from an it perspective that's wrong but yeah no not from, from the st- it perspective from the idea that given given even given an untraceable gun with untraceable ammunition the odds of getting caught for a murder are still pretty high i would no, think. No, but the guy is going to fix it so that you have no repercussions oh he's going to do the leg okay he's going to do the leg work for you i mean yeah, and then like, I guess then you have a the gun, question is who has? There's no repercussions. It's up to the, you whether you want to do it or not. There are no legal repercussions, but pulling the trigger and murdering somebody or killing yep. somebody over something yep. is certainly a repercussion, regardless. Repercussion. Yep. That, I mean, that's an interesting. It's still an interesting dilemma to figure out whether or not you have the wherewithal or oh. or commitment to murder somebody to pull the trigger. Right. Right, and that's just it. It's all of that. Okay. All of that kind of. Yeah, that's that sounds really interesting. I would totally. Yeah. I, I totally take a, a run on that. Great, great book. Uh, how right. how many issues? What what's the the whole run? There are volumes. Oh really? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's around a hundred issues. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 on board. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, yeah really good. I borrow it sometime, Josh. Yeah, it almost made my uh, when we did our top 100 comics. It almost made my list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Sound it. That is compelling. I like it. Yeah. Well, at the uh, front of the long box, I have something also compelling. I hope so. It, okay. Uh, if you are a fan of Captain Marvel, the new champion of Shazam. Uh, Josh was nice enough to get the uh, first issue for me uh, from his comic book shop, and I subscribed to it. The uh, idea is that the wizard Shazam has died, and yeah. Billy Batson has had to take over it uh, maintained the rock of eternity to prevent the seven deadly sins of mankind from escaping. And while he's there, he needs a new champion. Um, all of the rest of the Marvel family has lost their powers. And Mary is about to start school at college. She's very excited about it. When her roommate's bunny starts talking to her, it is fucking hoppy. The Marvel Bunny, uh, who existed back in the 1940s, had his own comic book, this 
this is probably next to Bugs Bunny, one of the most popular rabbits of all time. <laughs> and now he is the messenger, the go-between, who can teleport. Uh, that's his magical powers. Champion and the problem, right? Yeah, he teleports Mary to where she needs to go. And Mary does not want this. She wants a normal life. She does not want to be the champion of Shazam. And it's uh, it's a very delightful series. If you I've only read the first couple. Yeah. Um, There's only I, four issues. Yeah, I read. I think I read the first two. Uh, they're they're good, and I like the concept. It's very um, it's reminiscent of me for me of Invincible, hmm. where it's just sort of the great power too soon in the situation where can people find out, not find out. It's sort of the the college mentality there when he first goes off to school. It's yeah, I mean it's definitely more lighthearted than Invincible. Don't, don't oh yeah, wrong. it's not a, it's not. <laughs> yeah, she is not beaten to death by her father before he flies off into space or any such thing. But uh, but no, it's uh, it's because she's an orphan, Josh. Yeah, well, it's very it's it's that that sort of situational uh power thing where you have you have a he's so they're so committed. Or even if they aren't committed, sometimes forced to do what needs to be done. And so there's sort of that dichotomy there. But it sort of just popped in my head is around that. But I, I like the book so far. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, early Spider-Man. That too. Where, yeah, sure. you know, like, I got to go to class, but there's a monster that I need to go right. stop. Yeah. People are going to die. And, oh, shit, now that I've done this, I'm getting kicked out of school uh, and I got to move back home. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Abby, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you're not, you're whatever you think you're doing, it's not crime fighting. Just go back to school. Not your Abby, Mike, the other one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a little tangential. That's your purview, Josh. It is. So I'm going to take something that's just a slice off what we were talking about today. So Banshee named after, you know, the the Irish spirit. What are your uh, does anyone have a favorite either creature from folklore or maybe if you want it for extra points, maybe a cryptid. If you want to go deep in there and talk about uh, just anything that resonated with you or has uh maybe something local what's your what's your favorite folklore creature monster cryptid mm. well i'll let you guys think i'll go with mine mine is i went to school in bridgewater state which is in the southeastern part of massachusetts and there is a local native american legend in what is called uh there's a um a swamp and now i'm trying to remember the name of the swamp out at there but there is a the idea there's these creatures called puckwudgie so puckwudgie are kind of like will-o'-wisp where they i will play music or flashlights to lure people into the swamp so that they get lost and then they play pranks on them and so and it's just such an amazing name puckwudgie as a 
fucking fantastic Native American name for just about anything or American Indian. And when I was in college, like there were stories about them and the, there there was a an area called the Bridgewater Triangle, which has actually shown up on more than one like television show about, you know, cryptids or or ghosts, spirits, etc. And uh, there is a swamp out there. I can't remember the name of the actual swamp, but so I, I've always had a, a particular affinity for the Pukwudgie. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine's a classic. I go with Bigfoot, and that is only because as a kid, Bigfoot was freaking everywhere. Uh, I mean, he was even a guest star on the Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> yes, he was everywhere. I mean, you you had a feeling that that he was almost as abundant as rattlesnakes and quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, and, get more elusive. And I just saw Kathleen Madigan and she was telling a joke um, where she had went to go buy a new car and she calls up the guy. He's like, this is the car I want. And I want it to have an electric seat because I'm short. And I want and I'm shrinking and I want to be able to see over the steering wheel. So I will come there. Do not quote any numbers. I will pay what the price on the sticker is. I don't want to fucking talk to you at all. (laughs) Just sell me the car. I will write you a check for the car. She gets over there and the guy's like, I think you want a lease. And then she goes into, uh, you know. She's like, I spaced out. He's like, well, what were you thinking about? He's like, okay, you want to know? I planned on going up to the Northwest for a couple of shows. And while I was up there, I was wondering, I got to drive between towns. It's going to be late at night. What if I hit a Bigfoot? Now, you got to have a plan in place. You got to be prepared if you hit the Bigfoot. Because there's two things that happen. One, best case scenario, you kill the Bigfoot. Because you don't want a live wounded Bigfoot. That is a whole other trouble. But now, if you, you know, the best case is the Bigfoot's dead. Not for the Bigfoot or his family, but for you, you you got a dead Bigfoot. But now, what are you going to do? Are you going to put it on social media that you got a dead Bigfoot? No, because all these influencers are going to find you and then they're going to mug you and steal your Bigfoot. Same with the cops. You can't call the cops. They could steal your Bigfoot, too. So I was trying to figure that out. And, uh, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot. <laughs> LT, what about you? Uh, so so I would say my favorite would be the Loch Ness Monster for the sheer amount of money people have put in trying to find or disprove its existence. I mean, don't get me wrong. The The fact that somebody admitted... That they forged the most famous photos and people photo. still keep diving still into that fucking lake good. is amazing. It's amazing. What was the the Leonard Nimoy show from when we were Search a kid? Of. In search, search of. Search of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nimoy yeah. did it. Yeah. It's like seriously, they figured that out in the fucking eighties and people were like, Meh, now nah, we're gonna keep looking. Wait. Wait what? What? Yeah. I mean, they've gone over that thing with sonar, like they've set up multiple boats 
so that there's no way like it could escape the sonar and they've kept looking and matter. looking and and people keep coming i'm like they've spent more money looking for that piece that doesn't they exist. could have genetically reproduced a new plesiosaur if they all yeah. put all that money in all that money into it to genetic cloning we could have had we could have jurassic parked all of scotland the amount of yeah. money they looked for that that son of a bitch yeah that's why it's my yeah. favorite that's a good yeah. one i mean it's a classic don't get me wrong fucking classic all right well tom's not here so we can't do a three to 18 but we're gonna do it anyways yeah uh so three to 18 in search of Man, the I, old oh, letter nimoy tv show that is a solid 16 at least i mean in my heart it's probably a 15 or a 16 like going back and now that we mention it i'm gonna have to go fucking watch that shit yeah i mean i was a child so i was sucked in but i don't know if it would stand up to like an adult scrutiny but it had to right i mean adults watched it but don't get me wrong adults like it's not it's not a clarifying factor. Like being an adult is not really a a good barometer <laughs> of common sense. Yeah, of common of common sense or adults have spent a lot of money looking for the Ness monster. <laughs> yeah, and some people just want to believe, right? They do. That's the whole basis of the X Files, right? Yeah. Indeed. All right. Yeah. But I don't think we have shows like The X-Files without it in search of. Also true. It's, it's pretty derivative of, yeah, uh, yeah a somewhat. I, I, I'm sure that influenced whoever the creator of The uh, X-Files was. Yeah. But even if it didn't, it helped build the audience. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess that brings us to the end. Uh, let's talk about plugs. I'd like to plug Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCracklemusic.com. If you're wondering, why am I not hearing any geek rock? Shut up. You become the producer then. Yeah. It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, you figure that shit out. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah you got you a want job to do the job. To do or not do. We're, we're taking applications. Yeah, you want to be our producer? So Just go ahead. Yeah. Write to lucky bastard at the longboxguy.com or go ahead and tweet us at the longbox guys yeah. or you can go over to our patreon.com page patreon.com slash the longbox guys and become a patreon and write on the board over there for a mere one dollar a week or no one dollar a month damn that's crazy for one dollar a month you can get an extra podcast every week we choose to release a podcast uh, called The Geek Leak, where we talk about all the geeky things that we're doing during the week other than comic books. And all the money that we get for that goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House, where where, where we just picked up 1,500 pounds of food on Monday yeah. to feed the masses, which I believe we're feeding around 90 families right now at the Elizabeth Peabody House. When he says we, he means him and Tom. Tom. Josh and I have nothing to do with it other than matching donations when we sweep our PayPal account. 
But anywho, Tom does yeah. most of the work. I'd I like to uh, promote uh, Great Stories Comics and Games here in Whitensville, Massachusetts. Um, I also discovered uh, a comic convention I didn't even realize was happening in Massachusetts, Wicked Comic Con, uh, the weekend of April 22nd. Uh, I might I might go and check that out. We've got Awesome Con coming up. Is that June? June, yep. In yep. June, June 16th, I believe. Uh, down there in Washington, D.C. I'm excited to go down there. We don't know if we're going to be presenting down there, but we'll be uh, down hanging around in the D.C. area. Personally, for me, that means eating Ethiopian food and going to museums. But uh, And I'll also say congratulations to Tom and Lainey They're for their 26th wedding anniversary. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's certainly a milestone. I also mentioned I was the only person at their wedding. It was done at a... Uh, the city hall in san francisco and uh that's uh that's all i got i'd like to plug geekorthodox.com 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 hello tammy geekorthodox.com purveyor of fine stained glass prints johnny skywalker rocks glasses sake sets you name it they've got it over at geek orthodox.com if you want t-shirts you got to go to ianlino.com because that's where he has has all of his t-shirts his baseball hats all that other apparel type stuff at Mm -hmm. ianlino.com josh and i are actually wearing ian lino shirts right now i am it's true i don't know if you can you'll be able to see it with my shitty uh nope there you go there you go there you go master of dungeons master dungeons very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. 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 And that's about it for us. But you know what? What Tom always says. He says, Josh, is uh, is awesome kind of going to be your sector? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mikey, what's this podcast like for you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. And Tommy, you got any words of wisdom for us? Well, you know what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Promote what you love. And get your vaccination shots. Yeah. Have shots yeah. with the long box, guys. Shot, 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 sh